Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. The game is on in Grand Rapids, where they're about to host GameCon, a convention for gamers of all kinds. The Chicken Wing Festival is about to land in Lansing. To get away from it all and breathe the fresh air of Bel Air, you need to head to Shanty Creek Resort. And you'll discover the spirit of America at the Henry Ford and Greenfield Village in Dearborn. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and boy, we have a great show for you this week here on Travel Michigan. We're going to check out some uh, some of the places and some of the events that I'm sure you're aware of. Maybe you haven't been there for a while, though, so I'm going to be really happy to be talking to some folks from some of those places. And we get to hear from some new people from some events that uh, might be brand new to you, including one that's brand new to me for our first topic of the program. Let's go to Grand Rapids and let's bring in Brian Lenz. Brian is the founder of Grand Con Gaming Convention. And Brian, that when I saw this, I, I you know, I've heard of Comic Con and I've heard of some others, but I don't know if I've ever heard of a, a you know, a gaming convention. This just seemed uh, like a lot of fun and different. Oh, well, thank you, Dave. Yeah, it's um, in uh, in that realm of pop culture, you know, tabletop gaming or board and card games is what we do. It's what we focus on. Uh, we're uh, receptive to um, all walks of the pop culture, though. People do come in and cosplay. Um, we've had artists. We do have artists and creatives uh, that come in and show off their wares. Uh, so you can come in and get sketch art and things of that nature. But it's very family-focused uh, show that takes place at DeVos uh, Convention Center. Um, and it, with that, you know, I bring in a library of over 2,000 board games and card games. Um, and people yeah. can come in. They buy a badge. You can spend the whole weekend. It isn't a one-day affair. Uh, you can come in for a day and uh, take a peek around. But uh, with that, it is generally something that people will attend for the whole weekend. So, and you hang out, play games, yeah. make friends, meet, meet new friends. Yeah. It just sounds like fun. Now, do you have... You know, one of those features that I, I'm hearing are coming out where uh, people actually pay to watch other people do various video games and such. It isn't anything in, in the nature of digital. It's all what we call uh, analog. There are some hybrids out there in the world where you sit at a table, play a board game, and there's some sort of injected application that you can uh, play along with your board game um, or card game. Uh, which is an, a neat thing to see happening in the industry, um, but <clears throat> we're excuse me we're predominantly uh, you know it's interfacing, it's having that uh, eye to eye aha moment, being able to kind of uh, softly jeer at each other you know while you're mm -hmm. playing a game, uh, so there's nice nice little competitions that are happening, but it's it's all about making friends uh, with 
like interests, if you will. What a neat uh, idea. Yeah. You know, we lost power in our house years ago for like four days. And it got us, uh, the whole family, to think, well, you know, we don't, we can't just turn on the TV. We can't go to our computers. So we pulled out the board games. And that's something that we repeated intentionally for years when my son was young and in our house because of that connection that playing a board game provided us. And I, and I bet uh, that's what your guests experience, too. They absolutely do. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a fantastic um, moment for a lot of folks. It's a, it's a great place to bring your kids to have a good time. There are, ki- there are children's games, uh, you know, and then for us big kids as well. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, I will uh, tend to bring in uh, industry guests uh, so you can actually meet some of these inventors, uh, talk with them, play with them, uh, and, of course, maybe even play uh, their games while, you're at the show as well. Uh, in years past, I've uh, done many, many types of uh, events that incorporate families. Um, but with, as we know, coming out of uh, coming out of uh, what we have been going through, I think this is a fantastic opportunity to get out and just kind of stretch your arms a little bit, interface with folks, uh, you know, sitting across the table and having a good time playing a game. Um, and this year, you know, it's just getting back to the basics. We're softly stepping back in after being away for a couple of years. Super excited. Well, it's such a cool idea. I don't know how many years you've been doing this, but this is coming up September 2nd through 4th at DeVos Place in Grand Rapids. It's the Grand Con Gaming Convention, and everybody's invited. Big family type thing. Are, are we kind of talking about, you know, those traditional games like Monopoly, or do you roll out a whole bunch of new games that maybe people have never tried before? You're absolutely uh, spot on with that, David. It's anywhere from Monopoly to, you know, a Clue-style game, Yahtzee, all the way through uh, deep-embedded, you know, what we call a Euro game. Um, and I know some folks may not be familiar with that term, but they're very highly strategic games. The, the amazing piece that is unveiled when you get exposed to the tabletop gaming industry for your first or second time there are well over 100,000 different types of games that have come out mm. over the decades. And uh, it is a fast and furious industry uh, for board and cards. And there's just anything you can imagine. Um, there's always something there for you to make you smile and have fun. Well, I suppose, especially if you try one of these new games that, that maybe you've never tried before and you like it, uh, maybe you'd want to buy it. Can you buy these games at the convention as well? Absolutely. We have uh, several exhibitors come in. As I mentioned before, we do have artists and creatives that will come in selling their wares. And we do have several vendors uh, that will be there as well, uh, offering uh, these games for you to purchase. And the neat thing uh, that I want to tie back into that is that with uh, the Grand Con Library, which has uh, been curated fairly well over the years, but 2,000 plus games gives you an opportunity in a lot of cases yeah to say, oh, I've been wanting to play that game, or oh, what is this game? And you can actually check it out just like you would a book at a library. You go sit down at a table that's been set up. Uh, there may be someone able to teach you the game. You can find a friend to teach you the game or just learn the game while you're there. And this gives you an opportunity to actually play games that you've been interested in. It, which it's, will it's, then... Yeah, it's just a great idea. So it's, it's coming up September 2nd through 4th. DeVos Place, Grand Rapids. It's the Grand Con Gaming Convention, and the website is Grand con.com thanks to brian lens for being with us today we're going to head to lansing for a wing fest next here on travel michigan where your trip begins at michigan.org
Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. You know, when we were talking to our last guest, Brian Lenz, about the Grand Con Gaming Convention, it wasn't until after we chatted that I realized, well, that's Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend, of course it is. So it's coming right up. And so you can go to that event at DeVos Place if you want to um, go and enjoy that uh, really cool gaming convention. But there are so many other really cool events happening all over the state. So I do encourage you to get out there, travel a little bit. You don't have to go very far to have a great deal of fun. I know how those gas prices have been getting to all of us. So that's the great thing about Michigan. We have something everywhere, and especially on these big weekends like Labor Day weekend. In fact, we're going to talk to a guest now that's going to tell us about another event you're going to want to head to in our capital city of Lansing. Let's bring in Shirley M. Carter-Powell. She's the organizer of the one and only Michigan Chicken Wing Festival. It seemed like I had to kind of build that up a little bit, Shirley. You know what? All you have to say is wings. That's true. wings? Oh, man, I I love wings. I love wings way too much. I think, you know, there's so many people that does, and the wonderful thing about wings is that they can come in all types of flavors. So that's a good thing. You don't have to have a basic just a fried chicken wing. Today's time, you can have any type of wing you want. If you can be creative with it, and that's something that we do at the Michigan Chicken Wing Festival. Well, I'm going to I'm going to ask you more about that. Uh, first, I want to find out how long has this thing been around um, and who who came up with the idea for a chicken wing festival? Well, it's been around, uh, the one in Michigan has been around since 2015, hmm. and I'm the founder of it. Um, wing festivals have been in existence for over 25 years, really. Hmm. And that's one thing that, you know, it seems to be a common thing, like apple pie for America. Chicken wing is for America. And so wing festivals started uh, actually in New York where they have the Buffalo Chicken Wing Festival. Oh, I suppose that makes sense in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. I suppose so. Well, but to your point, um, for your chicken festival, chicken wing festival, I would presume that we're not talking just barbecue chicken wings. Something tells me that you're going to offer these up in a variety of ways, a variety of tasting types. So fill us in on that. Okay, Um They are going to be everything from dry rub, fried wings, hot wings, blueberry barbecue, Mm. strawberry mango, peach mango rather, strawberry barbecue wings. We have teriyaki. We have sweet and sour wings. We have garlic parmesan, and we have just garlic, uh, just parmesan wings. We also have uh, secret sauce wings, and we have the buffalo wings, uh, which is a Batman sauce. And we had the hot mustard. Last year we had 21 different flavors wow. of wings. Wow. Yes. Now, so who's who's preparing this? Is this like a group that, that, that you have that actually prepare all these wings? Or do you bring in different uh, restaurants and, and others who are, are preparing this, um, you know, in their own individual fashion? Uh, how does that all work? Well, we have, uh, we have a group that we have ourselves within house that prepares the flavor wings and things. And then we have restaurants, we have vendors, we have food trucks. So everyone, you see wings on the grill, you see wings deep fried, you see wings that have been smoked, Hmm. 
Uh, so there's all ty- we even have jerk wings and pesto wings. We have different vendors out there, and there's not just chicken wings at the festival. Well, that's, that's enough though. Thing. You know, chicken wings. <laughs> I, I like the idea. Chicken wings is like you know that's my core meal. So, but but you have other things as well. Yes, we do. We have other meats. We even have ribs. Uh, mm. We even have fish. We have shrimps. So there's something for everyone. Gourmet dogs. What we like to do at the Michigan Chicken Wing Festival is bring families together. And so you may have children uh, that likes what they like. If they like just burgers and dogs or something like that, you can find them there. So if you want chicken on a stick, you can find it there. Hmm. You want the pop chicken, you can find them there, which is a drumstick with just a head on Hmm. and it's deep fried and marinated in sauces. So you can find whatever, any way you can cook chicken or chicken wing, you will find it at the Chicken Wing Festival. Mm. Now this is coming up that Saturday and Sunday of Labor Day weekend. Where is it actually held? I know it's in Lansing. It's held at Adato Riverfront Park. Oh, sure. Right, yeah. uh, just almost across the street from me, the my office. So I... Um, I know exactly where that is. So basically downtown yeah. Lansing, right along the Grand River. It's a beautiful environment. And uh, that's, you know, that place that, that they have a lot of festival events, if, you, if you've if you noticed that before in Lansing. Yeah. So so the Michigan Chicken Wing Festival at uh, the park there on the river, Saturday and Sunday. Now, you were saying that, you know, you're more than chicken wings. Um, and there's actually more than eating here as well, right? You have other events. Yeah. We have other things there. Uh, we have a kid's zone, which has all type of activities for the kids. We have arts and craft vendors. Uh, we have merchandise vendors. And we have pro wrestling, which is a part of our festival. So, so when I noticed that, I thought, okay, pro wrestling, chicken wings, I don't know. It just seems like it could be a slippery activity. It's just something just seems like it doesn't seem to mix there. So you you have pro wrestling as part of the Chicken Wing Festival. Yes. And, you know, the reason why we have the wrestling there, we want to have entertainment or activities for everyone uh, from kids to adults, you know, because we even have, like, cornhole games and things like that, but in a dunk tank. But one of the things about pro wrestling is that you actually get to order your wings and whatever food you want, and you have an amphitheater atmosphere, because that's what we do, the wrestling at the amphitheater. You get to sit there and enjoy wrestling. (laughs) I mean, you would be surprised the number of people who have never seen it and saw it and loved it. And the parents get to sit there with their kids. Some people get to reminisce over days gone by and even some that are former wrestlers sit there and watch the wrestling go on well it just sounds like it's just a whole lot of fun and here it is you know the last big you know big weekend of the summer so it sounds like you've you've kind of put together a really fun event but i will think about the chicken wings first (laughs) the wings one of the things other things about the wing festival is that we have a wing eating contest. I was just going to ask you that if because you know my office is just across the street and I know chicken wings. So so you have okay. uh, a chicken wing contest. So is this uh, of restaurants or do people bring in their own recipes? No, the wing eating contest is done um wings that are cooked by one of our uh, mm-hmm. in-house uh, vendors. What they do is 
they eat these hot wings. They have to sign a release form. Yeah, I bet. So they get to eat these. Yes, they get to eat these hot wings. They have a five-minute eating contest. Who can eat the most wings? And mm. then once the five minutes is up, then they have a five-minute burn, meaning they can't drink any water. <laughs> they have to sit there for five minutes. And, you know, while we're counting the wings and everything. <laughs> um, okay. So, well. Yes. You know, I, I think I'm too chicken to try that. Excuse the pun, but I I will uh, do my best to attend the chicken wing festival just because it does sound like fun, and I do love chicken wings. And I've never tried some of those that you mentioned, like the the mango and such. Now you can get tickets. Uh, you can order tickets now at Eventbrite.com. So here's where you get the information. Go to Michigan Chicken Wing Festival. Dot com. You'll get all that information. You can order your tickets in advance and, and be prepared. And now when you go downtown Lansing, there's plenty of parking down there. There are parking ramps. There's plenty of street side parking, all that stuff, too. So you're not going to have any problem with that. Uh, in downtown Lansing, it's just really turned out to be a really cool town. You don't say that about government towns very often. But I really have grown to really admire and, and appreciate Lansing. You will as well. If it's been a while you've since you've been there, check it out. That website, MichiganChickenWingFestival.com. And our thanks to Shirley M. Carter-Powell, the founder of the festival, for being with us today. Hope to be with you soon, Shirley. It's going to be a good time. We are kind of coming down to kind of ramping down summer. Fall is going to be here. And one of the places you're going to want to go to is Shanty Creek Resort in fall time. We'll tell you why next on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and I know a lot of people just want to keep summer going just as long as you can, but I am a a cool weather guy. Uh, I love winter. I mean, love winter, but fall and spring are um, kind of my next favorite seasons. So here we are coming into that cooler season now, and I can't wait. You should be in the same attitude, though, because we have so many really beautiful places to go to at, uh, you know, all four seasons. But some of these places, I think, are really exceptional in fall. And I don't think people think about some of these places to go to in fall because you you think of them as maybe a golf resort or a ski resort or whatever. So at Shanty Creek Resort, it's in this beautiful area up in northwest part of the Lower Peninsula in Bel Air, right in that area. It's such a beautiful area. And at fall, it just gets so nice up there. And we're going to find out why you should head up to Shanty Creek Resort this fall by bringing in Lindsay Southwell. Lindsay is the Director of Marketing at Shanty Creek Resorts. Lindsay, uh, are you with me? Do you love fall at Shanty Creek? Oh, fall is one of my favorite seasons at Shanty Creek. And, you know, it's funny because I think if you were to ask most people, they would go to Shanty Creek in winter for skiing or snow, you know, or, you know, whatever, the inner tubing and, you know, whatever it is. And then they would go there in the summer, maybe for golfing. But the fall offers a variety of things to do at Shanty Creek Resort. Yeah, there's so much to see and do up here. And, you know, there's nothing better than a northern Michigan fall. The colors up here are just stupendous. So there's lots to do, lots of ways to see that color. 
It's a it's a beautiful little area. It's kind of hard to find somehow. Um, what's the what's the best um, way to 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 get to Shanty Creek Resort? Uh, do those apps work um, when when you're trying to find Shanty Creek? Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, it's it's one turn off of uh, US 131, and it's actually one turn off of uh, 75. So it's a pretty easy find, even though we're kind of tucked there close to the lake shore. Uh, you can get to us really easily. Well, and I've been there a million times, but I get lost everywhere. So it's maybe it's just <laughs> me. But but it, the cool thing is, you, you go through these beautiful windy little roads, and then you end up in Shanty Creek, and you're you're enjoying you know kind of driving through the, the the vast property there with the hills and the golf course and the beauty. It's it's just stunning. This time of the year is golfing as popular as it is in the summertime. Oh yeah, I mean. The nice thing about Northern Michigan Golf are those elevation changes. I mm-hmm. think that's something that's indicative of Northern Michigan Golf. And so, you know, when you see those elevation changes in the summer, they're great and they're a challenge. But it adds another level to your game when you're playing and you're standing on this vista of just color everywhere. So golf is actually really popular in the fall only because you get the best of both worlds right you get to take in that scenery and you get to play on your favorite courses so it's really kind of a two-for-one punch and you're going to see wildlife up there too i mean i can't tell you how many times i've seen deer cross um, while i'm golfing up there or whatever it is geese you know it's it's just really cool i love seeing the wildlife how many courses do you have at shanty creek so we have five courses to play so we have a variety of skill levels, play levels, even price points. So mm. we can find a really, we can package really affordable packages um, for whatever kind of golf you're looking for. Well, what, the more than 5,000 acres, something like that? Uh, yeah, 5,500 yeah. acres. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. So uh, I know I'll be up there for golf. Uh, what are some of the other things that people might want to do when they head up to Shanty Creek in autumn? Well, one of our favorite things that we have in the fall are our fall chairlift rides. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, we are a ski resort in the winter, and so we have chairlifts that can take you to that one of the highest points in, in our county, in Antrim County, um, and you can ride that chairlift up and back down again and take in all that uh, fall color. And this year we're really excited. We're partnering with Shorts Brewing Company, our, our hometown of Bel Air's, uh, favorite brewery and um, they have a brew this year called the Pure Michigan Autumn IPA and uh, they will be having that beer available for purchase while you're riding on the chairlift so you get kind of that October fest feel while you're taking in those sites oh, that, the that's, area. That's a cool thing. Well, you know, you mentioned Bel Air. It's just a short little drive away from the resort. And Bel Air has really grown up to be just a such a cute place to visit if you want to go to Shorts or some of the other uh, restaurants or shops there. Um, it, it's a neat little town. Can you describe it? Yeah, so I I call it one of Michigan's best-kept secrets because it's a tiny little town, but it has packed a huge punch. Uh, if you are looking for craft brews or spirits, you have it. You have shorts, which we've already mentioned, but we have Mammoth Distilling, which is a uh, distillery. We have Be Well Meadery. We have uh, just a lot of really craft microbrews, wineries, uh, and so it's really nice on your palate. We also have a lot of farm-to-table restaurants, dining experiences, and cute, 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 cute shops. Uh, so I just think that it packs 
just so much into this tiny little town. It's a very small town feel, but has a lot of big, big town amenities. Well, at any time of the year when you're staying at a place like Shanty Creek, there are a lot of things to do, you know, quote unquote, on campus, actually on the resort property. But you do have all these other things to do in the region, like just going to you know, walk, walk around Bel Air for a bit. But are, are there places that are, um, you know, especially good for things like kayaking or maybe bringing your boat and powerboating around the area? Uh, I know Joe Short is a big water ski fan, and I know he does a lot of water skiing around there. He does, and he does that um, on Elk Lake, which is part of the chain of lakes. Shanty Creek sits right on that chain of lakes, which is um, 17 interconnecting lakes and rivers that flow um, from Charlevoix County all the way to Lake Michigan and Elk Rapids. So there's plenty of waterways to do. And probably the most famous um, of our chain of lakes is Torch Lake, which offers that Caribbean blue feel, um, that sandbar where you can just sit and relax and hang out um, with your friends or your family. Uh, so yes, lots to do on the water. And they're all surrounded by the trees of northern Michigan, so you're you're going to get more of that color tour scenery while being out on the lakes and waters. Are there places that you can rent, like maybe a power, like a um, pontoon boat, for instance, for the day, or kayaks? Uh, those those things, or or biking as well, uh, mountain bikes. Uh, how does some someone go about looking into all that? Oh yeah, for sure we have. Lots of rentals of everything. So um, we have a outfitter right here in Bel Air called Paddles and Pedals, and he uh, actually rents out bikes and kayaks. So really close to home, you can grab one and go. He can send you on your way to Glacial Hills uh, Pathway, which is a fantastic single track right here in Bel Air, or get you on the way uh, based on your ability to paddle the best areas in um, the chain of legs. We have lots of pontoon outfitters here uh, in in the area. Uh, the first ones that come to my mind are Butch's, uh, DeWitt Marine, Torch River Marine, and you can rent pontoons, you can rent jet skis, you can think of it, they have it. I know they have all the safety equipment and all that stuff as well, so uh, lots of lots of great things you can do in the area. And you know, before you know it, Lindsay, uh, we are going to be pulling out those skis and looking forward to winter. Uh, I've, I've used the, that word for the first time so far this year, the W <laughs> word. So uh, I'll be looking forward to that. When do you typically open for the ski season? Uh, if the weather allows, we usually open the Friday after Thanksgiving. So Black Friday is actually White Friday here at the resort. And then I know that it seems like every year... Um, the resorts invest more and more and more into the property. You can't do that every year. But over the last several years, Shanty Creek has really, I don't even know how to describe it. You, well, first off, you've, invented, you've invested a lot into the property. So, for instance, when you walk into the main lodge, what's, what's the lodge called? The Lakeview Hotel. Lakeview Hotel. When you walk yeah. in there, you look to the left, even before you get to the registration desk, that whole area is brand new. Tell us about that. Yeah, and actually, Dave, the entire lobby area is brand new. We just completed a renovation of um, a st addition of a Starbucks 
um, in the third that you're talking about, in the third of that lobby that you're talking about, uh, which has been a fantastic addition. Um, but we've already all, also renovated our front desk area and the restaurant area this summer. Um, and probably one of the most exciting features or changes people are going to notice is that um, our bar um, the Lakeview Hotel is named appropriately because it overlooks Lake Bel Air. Beautiful, it has a fantastic beautiful view. view of the lake, and that that lobby area is just wall-to-wall glass of that view. And so we've moved our bar so that patrons are no longer sitting with their backs against the glass; they're now looking at that view that uh, we're so famous. Uh, such a smart idea. Well, you're going to love everything about Shanty Creek Resorts. I certainly do. The website is Shanty Creek. Check it out. Go there this fall. Get ready for winter. It's just a great time. Thanks to Lindsay Southwell for joining us. The website again, shantycreek.com. We're heading to the Henry Ford next on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, the number one destination for traveling in Michigan. Well, you may have heard it's uh, like a shopping place. And I, I suppose if you look at it, uh, you know, any of our really big shopping places, considering that you probably go in there all, about every every week, I suppose you could think of it that way. But the place that is visited by more leisure travelers than any other place in the state and one of the most visited places in the country is definitely the Henry Ford and the uh, the the all the other attractions that are part of the Henry Ford Greenfield Village, the Ford Rouge Factory Tour, you name it. It's such an important place for Michigan because it certainly uh, certainly you know features the Michigan experience in a lot of ways, but it tells the American story and the story of innovation. And if you haven't been there for a while, you really need to check it out. There are so many reasons that you should uh, go to the Henry Ford. And let's find out what they are by bringing in Cynthia Jones. She is Director of Museum Experiences and Engagement. Think about engagement, Cynthia, of all of the many artifacts that you have on display and the, the thousands and thousands of pieces you simply can't display. So many ways to engage with Henry Ford. You know, there absolutely are. And I, I love how you said, Dave, that you could come back, you know, day after day, week after week to the Henry Ford. I think you absolutely could. There's always something new going on. There are artifacts to discover. There's new things coming in and new experiences. And, you know, I love that about us because I've been here over 20 years now. And even I find new ways to engage every day. Well, I, I tell you, one of the things I do every time I'm at the Henry Ford I, and I have I have free time. I go back to the the steam. What what are they like the um, the the um, engine display ah, and such? Power and energy area. I, I just love that area, and I'm not an engineer. I just love the fact that you think about the iterations of power generation or uh, how they would bring water up or whatever, and how long ago they started to engineer these things how big some of this equipment was, and even how small some of it is. All of that in one big display. It's pretty awesome. You know, it's amazing. And I love that you brought that up because we've spent this summer 
uh, training many of our newly hired museum presenters to operate our Corliss steam engine. And the Corliss is just a wonderful experience, and it's a really interesting thing that we do uh, through the summer. We've been able to do it many days during the week uh, through the fall and, and the holiday season. It'll be mostly on weekends, but we actually demonstrate operating this machine, this major, huge steam-powered, for us now, air-powered to make it a little safer, mm, yeah. uh, but a steam-powered machine and device and help people understand what it did, how it changed things for us, what the meaning of power is for us, but also, you know, the, the fine details, seeing the motor spin, seeing all of the places that you have to oil before we started up. I think it's just fascinating for people to see something they don't know about, don't understand, and walk away feeling like they had an experience with us where they got a little smarter. I agree. And well, that's that's in a nutshell, the experience of the Henry Ford Greenfield Village and the Rouge Factory Tour. You get a little taste of of uh, a whole bunch of things. A lot of it is really about innovation, not only here in America, but around the world. And you think about, you know, that area we were just talking about, that kind of leads you into an area where, well, it's part of it. Um, you, you see this machine where they used to make light bulbs in this machine. Mm-hmm. Say, well, that mm-hmm. is just awesome. Look how that was done. I, I think that as I walk around the Henry Ford all the time, as you go to one place, look how they did this. Look how they did that. Look how smart they were back then uh, because they continued to get better and better. And that's just the experiences you walk around. It, it's truly a special place. Now, I know that that you have all of those existing standing exhibits, but you also bring in visiting exhibits. Tell us about your big visiting exhibit you have right now. Oh, we absolutely do. So, you know, we appreciate being a place in Michigan where we can bring in national level, international level traveling exhibitions that you might not get to see anywhere else in the Midwest. So this summer we opened a Disney Heroes and Villains. It'll be on display inside the museum through January 1st. Uh, Folks have all fall right through the holidays a chance to come see Disney Heroes and Villains. It is absolutely fantastic. It was created by the Disney Archives. It is over 70 costumes, both heroes and villains and anti-heroes and anti-villains, kind of the folks that are a little bit in between there. Uh, It features from 32 films, over 24 designers in it, and it's things that you'll recognize. It's 101 Dalmatians, Beauty and the Beast, Mary Poppins, Cinderella. And I think as I think about fall, I know that some of the costumes that will be very popular are from Hocus Pocus, so the Sanderson sisters, uh, which even includes their vacuum on display. And I think that one's great because, you know, you may not think about costume design in a place that's about innovation. But what it allows you to do is understand the people behind the costumes. So the the work that it takes to design and develop these absolutely stunningly detailed creations to bring a character to life. And, you know, it's neat that you put them on display because if you think about it, you know, they make it, they make the movie, and then that's done. They usually go into a closet and people forget about it. But uh, here they are on display. You get to see them up close. And some of them really are pieces of art. They are art. And, you know, one of the fun things that we're doing related to it 
we have a monthly series now where once a month we're doing something we call Crafternoons, hmm. uh, where we bring people in and, and they're demonstrating a, just one piece of how that was crafted, you know, whether that is um, the basics of sewing and pattern design or um, a little bit about beading, things about embroidery, so that you might notice a little more the fine detail. And it is those fine details that all come together to make these just stunning designs. Wow. So the Disney Heroes and, and Villains exhibit goes basically through the end of the year. Now, you have like a miniatures exhibit of some sort coming up pretty soon? Oh, we do. So we are opening a, a brand new permanent gallery in the museum. Um, it is Miniature Moments, and it is a look at over six thousand hallmark collectible ornaments so we were able to uh, bring in this amazing collection Uh, it starts in 1973 when hallmark collectible ornaments were first uh, launched to the public goes through the mid-2000s and we're going to be able to tell both the story of jc hall so kind of the founder of hallmark and who he was as an innovator and entrepreneur but also, you know, these moments of why do we collect these ornaments? What do these ornaments tell about societal change, about pop culture since 1973? You know, you get to see ornaments that are uh, uh, looking at uh, technologies. So you see a little Apple computer. You see a little flip phone. Uh, but you also see movies. You see TV. You see angels. You know, all the things you might expect in a holiday ornament, um, and 6,000 of them in a Mm. single gallery space. Wow. Wow. I had no idea that the uh, founder of Hallmark's last name was Hall. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yep, so Hallmark was named for him. The things you learn when you talk to somebody from the Henry Ford. And when you go there, you're going to learn and be uh, filled with joy in so many other ways. So it's time to head to the Henry Ford, to Greenfield Village, to the Ford Rouge factory tour, if you haven't done that for a while. Seriously, it's uh, it just never gets old. It just gets better and better and better looking back at history in America and around the world. The website is the Henry Ford. I want to thank Cynthia Jones, Director of Museum Experiences and Engagement with the Henry Ford, for being with us today. We're out of time for today. We'll talk to you next week here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling.